Have so much to be thankful for. Sister Katie, you shouldn't go through all this stuff you're going through in survive. But here you are. Here you are. Danny, it could be a whole lot different today. Two TIAs last week. Just all thrown up, the, the beginnings of a stroke, but here he is, walking the aisle, lifting his hands, praising God. Oh, I think Jesus is worthy of high praise. Has he done anything for you? He did that for my brother and my sister. That's good enough for me. weekend and invited us to the altar and I, I came and thought, you know, I don't have a whole lot in this life, but I feel so full. I just felt like I was the richest guy on the earth standing up here at the altar in the presence of God. 
when I think about those that do not have what we have. And the churches that are gathered tonight that do not feel what we feel. We not only have the best music and we have anointed singing. And then the worship in this house. It invites when, I, when I'm praying before church, I said, Lord, help us to build you a house of praise that you would be glad to come and dwell in. Because the scripture said he inhabits the praises of his people. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Pastor asked me to fill in for him tonight, and I'm praying that they have a wonderful time in getting away and are blessed and refreshed, and I went last night to check on Eric, and Pastor was there, and I said, I thought I would save you, and you could go. He said, no, I thought I'd come on over, and I thought, yeah, that's that's how pastors do, just up to the last minute of getting out of town. They're going to make one more hospital call. Thank God for our pastor. Amen. Amen. And sister pastor. Is there anything in your life that you wish you'd have done something different with? I remember one man that he told me, he said, man, I just felt a nudge. And he said, I bought 15,000 shares of Ford Motor Stock yesterday. And it jumped astronomically today. After that, people were saying, the next time you feel a nudge, <laughs> call me. <laughs> he didn't tell me about the times that he missed it. <laughs> Brother Clifton, I remember when you wanted me to go in with you and buy 30 acres of land right down here. And I just couldn't see how I could do that. Well, the oil well they put on it would have paid for it. Yeah. And the pieces of land they sold off of that would have paid for it. And then I also remember that 57 Chevy you left me when you went in the Army. And I wrote you a letter and said, transmission's slipping a little bit. It was a two-door hardtop, air-conditioned, automatic, and the transmission was slipping. And he said, I'll just sell it for $200. Anybody have a car you wish you could have now that you, you had back then and yeah, I remember that 67 two-door hardtop Chevy 2 you had, Sister June. We all wish we had that, a few more. I remember Dad telling me that this land over here, he was offered it to him for, was it 50 cents an acre or $2 an acre? He couldn't afford it. That's right. 50 cents an acre, and uh, 
he couldn't see any way that he could do that. And it wasn't long until a subdivision came in on that land. And then if he still had a piece of it today, oh, missed opportunities. Yeah, things we look at and look back on, they're just, they're just gone. I want to take you to the scripture and I've got enough to keep us here till tomorrow. I'm just going to go as far as I feel like the Lord's going to let us. Uh, I mean, I got a whole Bible in front of me, but I, I have selected a number of them. And uh, I love the way pastor preaches, but I can't preach the way he does. So uh, you know how I preach, those of you that know me. And so just hang in here. Exodus chapter 20 and verse number 18 through 21. And all the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they removed and stood afar off. And they said to Moses, Speak thou with us and we will hear. But let not God speak with us lest we die. And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, for God is come to prove you, and that his fear may be before your, be before your faces, that you sin not. And the people stood afar off, and Moses drew near into the thick darkness where God was. I shared this with you sometimes back in I know through the years, many people have preached about it, but I just can't seem to get away from this, this incident in the life of the children of God where he and his desire to get close to people moves in close to them. He sets a limitation, but he said, you can come this far, but when God showed up, they said, whoa, uh, that's a little much of God. <laughs> that's a little more of God than I want. I, uh, he scares me. And they said, Moses, you go. You talk to him, and then we'll listen to you. They did sometimes. <laughs> they did sometimes. Missed opportunity. They missed the opportunity at that moment and juncture of time. I just wonder what history would look like if the people would have allowed God to get close to them and they would live in proximity to his presence. What would history be like for the children of Israel? In Numbers chapter 20, Another place that I see that something happened, and this time it was for the leadership. Numbers 20, verse number 8, the Lord speaks to Moses and to Aaron that they should go to a rock and get water for the people because the people had begun to grumble and complain. And they said, we should have stayed in Egypt. We'd have been better off there. 
at least we had, and they numbered all the things they had. And God said, take the rod, gather the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes. And it shall give forth his water, and thou shalt bring forth them water out of the rock, so thou shalt give the congregation and their beasts to drink. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock. And he said unto them, Hear now, ye rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock twice. And the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beast also. Sounds like a wonderful miracle. And it was. But it didn't happen the way it was supposed to happen. Moses had already been through this once. People complained. They didn't have any water to drink. God said, there's a rock. Go stand on the rock and strike the rock. That was the command the first time. And Moses obeyed and they drank from the rock. But this time, it's happening all over again. I don't know what happened to Moses and Aaron, uh, but something happened. Something happened between the prayer meeting and the miracle. Because in verse number 8, it says, uh, let's back up to verse number 6. Brother Ron, verse number six. Uh, Lexi, give you some help on that. The people had complained, and so they decided, you know what, we need to go talk to God. And Moses and Aaron went up from the presence of the assembly unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and they fell on their faces, and the glory of God appeared unto them. And that was there that God gave them the instruction of what to do in order that they might get water out of the rock. But somewhere between that prayer meeting where they were in the presence of God and when they came back and stood before the people, Moses and Aaron had come up with a plan. It obviously happened because when the judgment fell for this situation that God called unbelief, Aaron was included. So somewhere, Moses and Aaron collaborated on this and said, you know what, I don't know what God's doing here. He, he could have led us to a brook. He could have led us to a well. He could have led us to a river. Oh, you never thought like that. Why do I have to pray and, and believe for a miracle? I mean, he has the cattle of a thousand hills. He makes everything there is. I mean, we already been through this one time. I don't know what went through Moses and Aaron's head, but one translation says, in anger, Moses lifted the rod and smote the rock not once but twice. Maybe he thought smiting the rock once 
I did that before. This is the second time. I'll do it two times this time. I don't know. But something was going on in his head. You say, what, what are you saying all this for? Well, if you'll remember, those of you that were in here, Sunday morning pastor said to us, as we get older, we lose our filter. And we, we may think it's humorous, but it's not always. I think maybe Moses and Aaron, you know, they were pretty far up in age now. They could have lost their filter. And they could have said, you know what, I got a right. But now while I'm here about losing the filter, it's not always the old that lose their filter. I remember a young man that, uh, for, I don't exactly remember exactly why he was in the pulpit at camp meeting, but he had had some success in his ministry, and he stood up and said, I feel like I've earned a right to say this. And I thought, not yet. Not now. And so he had a lot of hard lessons to learn after that. And now he's doing pretty good again. You see, we, we can lose our filter because we think we have earned a right to say what we think, to act the way we want to act, to do it the way we want to do it. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, Moses and Aaron had lost their filter and said, you know what, I know God says speak to the rock, but I'm going to strike it. I, I'm tired of these people. I, I like the way King James renders that when the Lord said, you, you go speak to the rock, and it shall give forth his water. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4 tells us that they did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank from that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Either Moses didn't perceive or he had forgotten who the rock was. And God was wanting the people to see that all you have to do is speak to me. You don't have to beat me to get an answer. You just need to speak to me. But what, what was anger for Moses, God called unbelief. What Moses thought he would do maybe to vent. Be careful when you vent. Because you usually don't get an opportunity to unvent. It's like, well, I said it. And it's gone. It's over? No. May God help us. 
to not miss the opportunity when God puts it before us. Moses, you could have given the children of Israel a valuable lesson in speaking to God and getting a miracle. But instead, you set an example. The scripture said, these writings of the Old Testament were for types and shadows, examples. And so when Christ came and he walked on this earth, it could have been that he would have just been crucified. But because Moses struck the rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ, he smote it twice, so Christ was beaten and he was crucified. Twice smitten. They disobeyed and God called it unbelief. That's just a side dish. I felt it on my heart. What I want us to do is to consider Jesus. Nobody wants to miss Jesus. Nobody. Nobody wants to miss Jesus, and we don't want anybody to miss Jesus. I love these beautiful cards. I, I came in this morning for prayer, and I, I saw there were some different ones. I don't know if you noticed. There's round ones. You know, people, I, I handed some, some of these rectangular ones out the other night at the American Legion meeting. And uh, when I handed them, people automatically thought business card. And, you know, one man said, this is our church. He said, oh, yeah, I've been there a number of times. What's that lady over there uh, that I met over there? She's got a man's name and a woman's name. Johnny Sue? <laughs> he has been here, but it was during the hurricane relief. He'd never been to a service, but I hope he takes and punches in and checks out the QR code. But I thought this was a great idea. I'm not sure who came up with the round one. I brought it home to my wife. She said, is that a coaster? And I thought, that's a great idea. Just make it a little larger and give people coasters. And they put it by their table and one day instead of picking up the cup of coffee or the glass of tea they pick up the coaster and said you know look at there just a thought you know why we do all this we don't want anybody to miss Jesus he's been so good to me it's alright if you say it every service He's been so good, and it's so good to be in his presence. Have you ever said hallelujah in the same service twice? When Jesus was born, we have made it a great event in our lives. Some of you already are counting the days till Christmas. I'm not sure exactly to celebrate his birth again, but you just love all that goes around Christmas. And I like it too. I'm not sure I've counted the days yet till Christmas. I do remember 
every month, just about every month when it gets on the 12th, that two more months and I will have been married on the 12th, 55 years to the same woman. <laughs> Pastor said, this week we were talking, he said, you know, 30 years, that's a long time. I said, yeah, in our world, to the same person, that is a long time. And, and those of you that remarried, I'm, I didn't intend to offend you there. Let's just thank God you're married. But most people, when Jesus was born, missed it. They missed it. Just a few shepherds, a few animals, and the wise men. But the rest of the world missed it. What a great event. It's called in many churches the first advent or the first time that God came to the world. And then when he developed his ministry and he began teaching and he was sharing what he came to the world to be and he was instilling principles and ideas and philosophies to live by that would save a soul. Jesus said about many of them, he said, Verily I say unto you, you seek me not because you saw the miracles. That's John 6, 26 through 27. You, saw, you, did, you didn't come because you saw the miracles, but you did eat the loaves and the fish. And for that meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. They came not because of what he was teaching. They missed that, but they sure liked the free lunch. Now, if, if we serve free lunch, Please don't lose your filter when the guests come. Just tell them you're so glad they're here. Tell them you're so glad they came to fellowship with us because one or two out of that crowd that come to eat is probably going to get the message. Many will come just because it's a free lunch. But don't tell them that. Now, Jesus could do it and get by. <laughs> but I don't think he wants us doing it. In his ministry, they said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it that he saith, I came down from heaven? Somehow they... They couldn't get it that this was the Christ. They missed his ministry. His visitation to the earth. He wept over Jerusalem. And he said, if you would have only known your hour 
and the time of your visitation. His disciples missed so much. They missed his sacrifice. When he was crucified, there wasn't but one that hung around. The rest scattered in fear for their own lives. I mean, he had taught them. He had tried to prepare them. He had set them up with many words, but it would be quite a while later before they would put it all back together again and say, oh, that's what he was talking about. But being there to experience that moment that every time we think about it, there's something that touches our heart. We visualize him on the cross, and it should break our heart because he's doing that. He did that for me and my sin and you and your sin. But they missed it. And then he told them that he was going to rise again, rise again on the third day. He was going to come out of the grave. But, well, again, they were fearful. They weren't watching. I think I would have parked myself somewhere in the garden near that tomb of Joseph of Arimathea, and I'd have been watching for the third day because he said, I'm coming out. I'm going to live again. And, and, but they missed it. They, they, they missed the rolling away of the stone. They, they missed the presence of the angels except for a woman that showed up in faith wanting to do something not that she thought he was alive, but she was going there to pay her respects. When he came in the spirit, there was 500 that could have been there in the upper room because the scripture said there was about 500 that saw him after the resurrection. But when it came down to the Holy Ghost being poured out, there was 120 in the upper room. The rest of them missed it. Those opportunities, it's a whole lot more than missing 50 cents an acre land. It's a whole lot more than, hmm, I wish I'd have kept that car. You see, these things have eternal consequence. Why is it that so many people miss him? Some miss Jesus because they're distracted. The Apostle Paul said about Demas in 2 Timothy 4 and 10, he had forsaken me because he's loved this present world. That distraction kept him from following Jesus faithfully to the end. He could have been named with so many more. I just wonder what could have been accomplished by the life and the ministry of Demas, but he was distracted by world and what it had to offer, and he missed it. Some miss Jesus because they're too busy. 
They don't have time to find out what he's really all about. In Luke 14, 18 through 20, it tells about those that began to make excuse when they were invited to the marriage supper. One said, I, I bought a piece of ground. And another said, I, I, and he said, I've got to go see about it. And another said, I bought five yoke of oxen. I've got to go make sure they work. And I, I want to be excused. And another said, I married a wife. And everybody knows we can get out for that. So they missed him. could have been a part but there were things that got in their life and were just I'm busy I'd be at the prayer meeting pastor but I'm busy and I'd be at church every service but I'm busy I, I, I would I would reach out to people and I would give out some of these cards but man I'm just so busy I would teach a Bible study. I would, I would visit my neighbor. And we miss eternal opportunities. Some miss Jesus because they're afraid to lose control of their own life. In Mark 10 and 21, Jesus looked at a man and said, one thing you lack, go sell whatever you have, give it to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven, and come, take up your cross, and follow me. Scripture says about that man, he went away sorrowful. He had great treasure, but he just couldn't let somebody else Control that treasure. It doesn't matter how much you've got. It just only matters how tightly or loosely you hold what you have. If God can get it through you, he'll get it to you. But there has to be that commitment to give all to give up the control and say, Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. I don't want to miss him for anything. I thank God for salvation at 11 years old. I thank God for that experience. But I don't want to miss him today if he calls me to carry my cross somewhere that may not be convenient that he needs me to carry it. I don't want to miss it. Some miss Jesus because of indifference or ignorance of their need of a Savior. Some miss Jesus out of a lack of recognition or gratitude. Romans 1, 21, Pastor just dealt with this last weekend or, or very recently. It said, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. 
ungratefulness about who he is and what he has done causes us to miss him. Because they became vain in their imaginations. Their foolish heart was darkened. They professed themselves to be wise. They became fools. They changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like unto corruptible man, to birds, four-footed beasts, creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. I saw something on the internet the other day that some actor had made his statement about his belief or unbelief in God. And so I, I followed out that story. And he said, I, I, I never did believe in God. But he named some philosopher. And he said, he told me that I could just pick out something out there and call it God. Sounds like a fulfillment of Romans. He said, I could just pick out anything I wanted that was strong or powerful and, and just call that God. And people pay money to watch those guys. And don't, don't ever think they are not telling you and trying to convince you to live like they live. It's not just entertainment. It's education. I love the old song. Do you know Jesus, our Lord and Savior? Jesus, the Son of God. Have you ever seen him? Have you ever shared in his favor? Jesus, the Son of God. Oh, sweet wonder. Oh, sweet wonder. Jesus, the Son of God. How I adore him. Oh, how I love him. Jesus, the Son of God. He's coming again, you know. He's coming again. You, you don't want to miss him then. Scripture says, for if we believe, 1 Thessalonians 4, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall return, descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trump of God. Sounds like the same one that was on Mount Sinai. Sounds like the one that was wanting to get close then is wanting to get close again. <laughs> and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever. Yeah. 
ever be with the Lord. Hallelujah. Ever be with the Lord. Not just a moment, not just a few minutes, but forever. If any of those many things that you have missed him for is still a part of your life, don't let it happen any longer. For you see, if he's missing in your life now, it's likely you will miss him then. You don't want to die without having received his spirit. For if you do, you'll miss the first resurrection. You see, there's going to be two resurrections. The resurrection I just read to you about from 1 Thessalonians, where he's coming to get his bride, his church. And he says that if you do not have the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwelling in you, then you're not getting up in that resurrection. Let's read about it here in Romans 8, 9 through 11. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is alive because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body by his spirit that dwelleth in you. I got a feeling after hearing it several times in one setting of scripture that he intends that we have his spirit dwelling in us when we go in the grave. And he's going to strike a match <laughs> and the dynamite's going to light and everything that's got his dunamis, his power within us is going to ignite and come out of the grave. That's the day I'd like to be at the cemetery. Alive. I mean, dead's good too, but what I'm talking about is that moment, and I've often said this when I'm bearing a child of God, that, that what an exciting place the cemetery is going to be. Bernice Wilson Savo told me that years ago. She said, you know, a cemetery is the most sacred place on earth. I said, really? She said, yeah, that's where God's coming first when he comes back. I said, Thank you. So if I'm in the ground, I'm going to be happy, but it'll be exciting to be watching. Mm. I get excited thinking about it. You, you say, well, when, when, when's that coming? Well, the scripture tells us that as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. That group of people missed it. They missed it. 
This monstrosity was being built. The preacher of righteousness was telling, there's a flood coming. This is the way out. But they didn't try to get in until they couldn't drink any more water. They missed it. And so shall it be in the day like it was in the days of Lot. They did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day of the sun when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day he shall be it he which shall be on the door housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. He that is in the field, likewise, let him not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. She missed it. God said, when you leave this city, don't look back. There's nothing that I left in the world that's worth looking back to. Can I get a witness in the house? God brought you out. He brought you in. Don't look back, but look up. Unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. I'm just going to keep looking to the sky. Jesus said, I tell you, in that night, there shall two be, be two men in one bed. One shall be taken, the other left. Two women grinding together. One shall be taken, the other left. Two men shall be in the field. One shall be taken and the other left. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to be the one left. I want to be the one prepared. Let's stand together. Missed opportunities. No, it's, we can lament about the material things that we missed out on. But I trust tonight you're not lamenting about things you missed in the world that you left behind to serve Jesus Christ. Sometimes we think, well, pastor's pushing us, pushing us to walk closer to Jesus. And in that push, we find ourselves leaving things behind that we loved once. Well, I just heard recently that other people that are moving closer to Jesus are starting to preach the same thing that pastor's preaching. Because they say, you know, we're missing the most important thing. Our kids are missing the most important thing. It's time to get ready, church. It's time to be ready. That's why I made the statement a while ago. If, if, if you don't have it now, you, you may not have it then because it's that critical. It's not, I'm going to get it someday. I'm going to, I'm going to catch it one day. I'm going to, 
receive it one day. It's a matter of doing it now. As the musicians play, why don't we make our way to this altar today and just recommit ourselves that we're not going to miss what God has given to us and the opportunity to serve Him.